Morning, church. Please rise for our first song.
please remain standing for the reading of Scripture uh, from Philippians. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. I'm having a hard time reading my thing here. <laughs> Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the... I don't know if I'm going to do this. Sorry. Is that better up there? Oh, there we go. Much better. Thank you. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God's word for us. We continue now as we profess our faith as we use the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Let us go to God in prayer. If you would please bow your heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for this opportunity to be together. And Lord, we know you are the great chain breaker. You're the one who, who uh, watches over us and, and who guides us. Even when we don't think you're there, you're there. And Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, this morning we ask that you bless our worship service, the time we're about to have together, the message, the music, and all things under you. And Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. <laughs> Walking the same old road for miles and miles. If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies. If you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. Search for the light of day in the dead of night. 
We got to play a game today. What game? Well, have a seat and we'll get started. How about that? I know Mr. Greg's not here today. My name's Jacqueline. Glad to be with you guys today. Okay, I'm going to need a volunteer. Oh, I see some of you found those sticky hands out front. Make sure you don't forget them. Where did I get them? Oh, they're out from the door, so you can grab when you come. How about you, buddy? Come up here. I need you as a volunteer. Do you have a sticky hand with you? Come on up. Come on up. You want to open yours up? We're going to use it. We're going to work on our aim today, our aim when it comes to serving. So we're going to work on. Here we go. Okay, get this on your finger. Okay, and then why don't you come right over here? Okay, I want you to stand right there, okay? Now you're going to try and aim for this smiley face. Almost. Oh, got stuck the wrong place. Oh, there you go. Okay, try a little bit more. I think if you come a little closer, there we go. And now I think you'll get, really get it good. Almost. Good. You know what? You can have a seat. This really reminds me about what it's like to serve like Jesus. Because if you noticed, he was really far away, but the closer he got, the better it was. And when we allow ourselves to get close when we're serving and actually get in a relationship with people, we really can make a difference in their life. Jesus came and he got close to us too. Did you know that? Just like we read in scripture, he came down from heaven and he came to be close to us, to be like us. He came and he felt what it feels like to be scared. He felt what it feels like to be happy and to rejoice with other people. And that relationship builds when we get close to other people. You know what it says in the Bible? I'm going to read it again because it says, let's see if I can get to the spot. It says, in Philippians, what we read in front, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but rather he made himself nothing, 
taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. He came down to heaven and was crucified on the cross so that he could be like us, so he could feel like us. So when I think of serving like Jesus, I think about that relationship. And an example that I have, our families had a chance to serve with Taste and See, and we've been serving for over a year with the same family. So we've been close with the same family for over a year. And while we've been serving, it didn't stick right away. We didn't have a relationship with these people right away. And there were times that we didn't even really know what to talk about. But the more we kept serving that same family, now they invite us into their home. We share tears with them and we laugh with them. And we have this relationship where we can share Jesus with them. And that's the best thing of all is being in relationship with people where you can share Jesus. So I'm going to challenge you guys to go home to your families and find something that you can do, that you can serve, and stick to it. Serve for a while so that that relationship can build. And then you can really feel the reward of what it's like to serve like Jesus. Okay, how about we pray? Dear God, thank you for coming down from heaven. For being like us. Help us to serve and to stick to it. And to feel the reward of being in relationship. Amen. Okay, if you didn't get a sticky hand, there's more out there. And I have a, quite a few more smiley faces. If you want to take a smiley face home with your family. Okay, so that's a nice segue into what we're starting today, this, um, the six weeks of this serving challenge. And today we'll be, we'll be getting an introduction, but what I wanted to bring to your attention is this, that for the next six weeks, there's, there's these groups throughout the week that you can become a part of a small group. There's one that meets today, there's one that meets Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. And if you want to know when those are, it's available on the church app. Or you can call the church office. You can talk to me after the service today. Because I'm leading one of those groups at uh, 1230 this afternoon. So you get involved in this group. We go through this six weeks of learning about serving. And just like this video said, it helps to answer the question, where can I serve? And so we want to spend some time doing that. Not serving for serving's sake, but looking at how did Jesus do this? How did Jesus serve? And what were the outcomes? And how did it impact the lives of people? 
So we want to invite you to be a part of that. And you can do that by, there. there's a QR code, there's one, there's one on the handout I have here, I'm pretty sure there's one on the screen. Or just find Pastor Jim or myself or Carrie or someone on the staff, and we can help you get connected in that way. Having said all of that, let me just welcome you. If you are a guest with us this morning, we are delighted that you are here. Thank you for coming, and please come back. And we'd like to encourage you that if you're inclined, let us know you're here. And the way that you can do that is you can text 1C guest to 94000. That lets us know you were here. We can get connected with you. We can answer questions. Prayer requests, later in the service, we'll be doing prayers of the people. If you have a, a request you'd like to be prayed over this morning, uh, phone that in to four, or text it in to 402-242-5051. And finally, ways to give. Th this is important because ways to give translates into a way to worship. We worship in song. We worship during the sermon. We worship when we sit, uh, when we take communion when we connect with Jesus in all these different ways, and this is one of the ways we do that. And this slide shows several different ways, church center app, online giving, texting. I think that the church still accepts paper checks as well. So I think that's it for the announcements. Thank you very much. Let's continue to worship.
As we now are in the season of Lent, I think those words, great are you, Lord, um, for me, it just comes alive. Because somebody who is willing to come down to this earth for a specific purpose, to seek and to save the lost, to put his life on the line, uh, there is nothing greater than that. That kind of service for people like you and me. And that's why as we get ready now to receive a, another gift he wants to serve us, uh, communion, we take a moment to reflect upon, yes, the magnitude of our sin, but the magnitude of his mercy. So if you would join with me as we pray together the prayer of confession. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart, and we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and after he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen.
And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Jesus, in your mercy, hear our prayers this morning. We bring to you a prayer request for Susan and her precious children during this difficult time. In prayers for the Niedbalski family with the unexpected loss of Larry. We pray for Scott, who was diagnosed with blood clots in his lungs. Please look over him and the medical personnel in the coming weeks and bring healing to him. Lord, we pray for families to mend, to stop fighting over earthly possessions. Lord, a prayer for healing for Carson as he is overcoming influenza. And a prayer for improved blood work. Lord, these are the ones we bring to you. And in the sanctuary this morning, there are hearts who are carrying prayers. We ask you to hear them as your people lift them to the throne of mercy and the throne of grace. And now, we bring to you the prayer that you gave us so very long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. kind of music. I feel like I should be rapping and wearing some bling. Wow. I thought about busting move coming on out here, but I knew I'd bust something else, so I didn't do that. Oh, new series, uh, but the same word of God, right? The same word of God. Serving challenge. A uh, little background to Red Letter. How many of you have ever heard of, quote, Red Letter Bible stuff, right? Some of you have. Um, Google will tell you that in 1899, it was the first time that there was a red-letter Bible put together. And then it became public in 1901. I don't remember the name of the person, but it was a way to identify the words of Jesus when you're looking at a piece of paper. It jumps out. And even today, there are some uh, versions, translations, that will just have the red-letter version, right? And it's mostly in the Gospel, but you'll see the words of Jesus spattered other places like Revelation, right? But did you know that when you go just into the Gospels themselves, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and remember, three of them are very similar, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John is just a little different, 48% um, of the words found in the Gospel readings is actually red letter, and actually the words of Jesus. Because you'll get other background stuff that's been written 
you know, some storyline from Matthew, Mark, or Luke, or John. But then 48% of the time, they captured the words of Jesus and put it down on, on paper so that we can have those words today. Well, this idea of serving challenge is part of a series. There is a pastor that uh, used to be in Florida, is now in Omaha, and he was looking at this idea of the red-letter living. And his premise is, what would happen if people like us, who call ourselves disciples and followers of Jesus, would actually do what Jesus said? That we would live according to his principles and ideas and his teachings. We would be a really dangerous group of people if we really lived the red-letter words. And so he is in the midst of writing five different challenges, as he's, he calls them. I, I can't remember if it was about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, we did the first one, which was the being challenge. And the whole idea is when we are in Christ, that's how everything starts. Being with Jesus and learning from him, it starts changing everything. In fact, we didn't do the next one, which is forgiving. Forgiving starts like this, and then we start giving forgiveness this way, and it changes relationships. Uh, we're, we're going to do the, the serving one. And I thought during Lent, beautiful time to be able to look at the serving challenge, because the greatest servant of all is Jesus himself. Uh, then, then there's going to be a giving one written, and there's going to be a going one, and you can just see that rhythm that has been laid out by Jesus himself, but now this pastor is going to put it into five different 40-day challenges. All right, um, next, GOAT. How many of you know what this stands for? Okay, and what is it? Yeah, greatest of all time, greatest of all time. And I, I want to just take a moment that I believe in my own mind, in my own mind, I am a GOAT. Um, I didn't actually get a picture of my own dishwasher, but this one is pretty close. Um, I am the greatest of all time when it comes to filling a dishwasher. I'll say over time I have done studies on what is the most efficient way to load a dishwasher. Now you're thinking this guy's got problems, right? You know, did you know that they study whether it's best to put spoons next to spoons or should you mix it up between a spoon and a fork? I mean, how many of you match your silverware? Like when you put it in the dishwasher. How many of you keep the spoons in one section? And okay, all right, some do. So how many of you just put it in haphazard? All right, very good. How many of you um, put pots and pans in your dishwasher? Okay, some of you do. How many of you would never, ever do that? Yeah, all different kinds of opinions. But I'm going to tell you that it's pretty bad that after an event and somebody else loads the dishwasher, that I go in behind them afterward and rearrange what they did. You know how much more I got in? I am the greatest of all time. <laughs> all right, uh, we're going to do a little voting here uh, of a couple different greatest of all time things, right? Here's the first one. I grew up in the era of Michael Jordan when I was in my formidable you know, years, right? And then we have LeBron James. How many of you say Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time? All right. How many of you say LeBron James is the greatest? Oh, my goodness. And I could have put a picture of myself, Jim Thielen, right? 
I'm not sure if I would get any votes, but when my kids were little, they actually thought I was better than Michael Jordan. I think when they got to be three, they realized that wasn't true, all right? So you can have an opinion, that's one. Uh, the next one, right? There's a whole list of superheroes, but let's just say, how many of you believe that Batman is the greatest of all time? Some of you do. How about Wonder Woman? Okay, Wonder Woman. And you can have your own choice, whatever that is. Uh, here's the next one. I have a debate with one of our members over this. I can't believe, I won't, I won't tip my hand yet, but how many of you think that Coca-Cola is the best? And how many of you think that Pepsi is the best? Oh my goodness, Pepsi has it. I'm concerned, we might have to have prayer time afterward to <laughs> kind of help you sort through that here. I just don't get the whole Pepsi world. You know, my dad grew up with it. He loved Pepsi. There was nothing like in the morning, uh, if, let's just say I'm sleeping and I hear him crack open a can. Anybody have those memories? Shh. And I could almost hear my dad going, ah, oh my goodness. Greatest of all time. Now the next one, if you put that slide up. If you've been following The Chosen, whether it's seasons one, two, or three, or if you happen to go to season four, which we're not going to do a spoiler alert, but there is a scene where James and John and Jesus are all, all sitting together, and um, James and John's mother starts chiming in about, well, Peter's got a new name, and why does he get a new name? And, and I'm sure somewhere down the road, because I have not seen the next ones of four, five, and six yet, we find in the, the scriptures that the mother of James and John go up to Jesus and say, what about my boys? One could be at your right and one could be at your left. This is the way it should be. They're pretty good. They're my sons. And there's more dialogue going on. I'm not going to give you the whole story. Just read it in, in Matthew chapter 20. Um, then the disciples hear about this conversation. And the word that you find in lots of translations is the word indignant. Common 2024 translation is they were ticked off. I have to be careful with what I'm going to use. They were not happy. They were like, what kind of guts does, do they have to even think about wanting to be on the right and to the left of Jesus? That is prominent. What makes them better than that? And it's always been this struggle. It's been a struggle with humanity since the beginning of time. So let me just jump to Matthew 20 because I think Jesus starts laying the foundation for what we're going to be looking at in the serving challenge. And I think if we can start learning this now and start living it out now, it, it's, it's going to help us. All right, from Matthew 20, uh, 25 to 27. But Jesus called them together. Now, this after the mom had the request and after the disciples were ticked off, he called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. And now he hits it. Let's go to the next slide, verse 28. Now he puts himself as the example. Because the disciples, even though they've been walking with him for about three years at this point, 
They've learned lots of things, a lot of red-letter moments when Jesus would share things, but they still weren't quite getting it. So now he's going to just really make it so clear that you cannot confuse this anymore. All right? For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Remember the uh, religious establishment, the Jewish people, they were all waiting for this Messiah to come, and they had this picture in their mind, and they couldn't shake it. This Savior that God has promised forever is going to be coming in on some really awesome horse with a big army, and is going to wipe out everybody. And that's not what Jesus came to do. He is going to turn the world upside down, not by lightning bolts coming down from heaven and zapping the, the Romans. Rather, he is going to lay down his life. He is going to be a servant. He is going to give his life as a ransom, which other words means payment, for sin. This is different. This may even be uncomfortable if we start thinking, hmm, if I call myself a disciple, a follower of Jesus, I need to follow what Jesus does. But my human nature is probably similar to your human nature, and we like to be served. We don't always want to serve other people, especially the people that are different than us or people that we're upset with. Oh, no, 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 no. There's a, a pastor that, um, from Oklahoma I follow, and this is a quote from him. He says, in the kingdom of God, greatness is service, not status. Try that on for a second. Think about what that means and what that would feel like. Greatness is service, not status. It's not the way the world would define greatness. Greatness is how many NFL championships do you have, right? How many rings? Um, there was a, a member, former member moved to a different church in Tucson who was on the uh, Green Bay Packer. You knew it was going to come, so don't be surprised. But the, the Super Bowl win, the Ice Bowl won, and he was the center, Ken Bowman. And it was his block that got Bart Starr to make his way in. And you, you look at the ring, he'll sometimes bring it just for kicks and giggles, right? And it, I mean, it's just gigantic. His hands are like sausages, right? Just big, you know? And for some people, that is greatness. I mean, I felt it. Or one time, I'll tell you this, May not, you don't, may not even know who it is. But um, I was at a pastor's conference in California, and I heard that Dick Van Dyke lived on the bottom of this little mountain area. And I grew up watching him. I'm like, I want to see him. And I, I remember just parking there for a, a little while in between and just waiting to see if he'd kind of come out. Never got to see him. You know, we're sometimes starstruck by people who have been held up in the world. 
And it's okay to do that. It's, it's good to admire them. But where does it stop? And where does it really begin to go in a different direction? So I'd like to introduce you to not a goat, but I don't even know how to pronounce this one, but this is the greatest servant of all time. Greatest servant of all time. And that's why, for me, just put this into perspective. That cross is a reminder of the greatest servant of all time. Because true fulfillment is found in contribution, not consumption. True fulfillment, and I'll even say true greatness, is found in this idea of, of uh, contribution, not consumption. But we have that turned around. And I'll say we as a church, sometimes we fall into that, right? I'll tell you, there are times I'm, I'm in church. I have my favorite songs too. I don't know if you go like this, like for me. I have my favorite songs. And there are times I'm sitting there thinking, yes, here's a song I really like. This is, you know, woohoo, right? And then maybe it's a song that's not in my top 10. And I'm like, oh. Oh. And I'm just demonstrating as a human being, I sometimes get into the consumption mode that it's about me. Or maybe you come into church and you have this certain place that you always sit and somebody has the audacity to sit in your seat. Had this at a previous church, won't tell you which one. Somebody came up to me and said, Pastor, somebody's sitting in our seat. I was in a kind of a mood and I, I said, what do you want me to do? I'm not a bouncer. But we're like that at times. We get things turned on, you know, we become very inward focused. We cannot be a good servant if we are inward focused. I'm going to say this again, maybe two more times. We cannot be a good servant if we're inward focused. We cannot be a good servant if we are inward focused. It's about, if it's about me consuming and getting, that's not what a servant is. It's all about contribution contribution. John chapter 4. Let me just read this. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Now let's leave those words up there for a second. I wish, as your pastor, I could say that this is, you could just put my name in there, and that's how I am all the time. Then Jim explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. That's not always the case. Sometimes it's doing my will or doing what I think should be done. But Jesus, as the master teacher, in his red letters, he is trying to put before you and me today a very important concept. Just like he came to seek and to save the lost, and how he was going to do it is by laying his life down. That is what it's about. In fact, let me go through this little list I found. God didn't need to take on flesh and blood. Did you know that? He didn't need to. In fact, he didn't have to. But he wanted to. 
God did not need to step into human history. He could have just stayed up in the heavens and said, too bad, so sad, I told you so. When Jesus died on the cross, he didn't do it for himself. He did it for you and me. When Jesus rose from the grave, he didn't do it for him, but rather he did it for you. He really had nothing to prove because he was the son of God. He was infinite in power and knowledge and might and love. He had all of that. He had nothing to prove. And Jesus didn't conquer death because he needed to do it. He conquered death because we needed him to do it. And I'm using the word needed on purpose. Because sometimes we don't always want what is good. I don't know if you know that, right? Sometimes our wants are really misguided. But if we get honest with ourselves like we did with confession, and we did that earlier, we're a sinner, and we need what only he can provide. And when he serves us, ultimately, we start getting it. And we start serving others. And it could be people in your own home or people at work or school or in your neighborhood. All of a sudden, we start looking for opportunities to serve. It's kind of on our agenda. We don't put it on our calendar, but it's always on our head, in our head and in our heart. We're looking for, okay, how can I serve? How can I take what I've been given and give it to other people? Pretty mind-boggling. And that could even mean, I'm going to use the phrase, and some of you will know what this means, but crossing the aisle. Sometimes we don't want to cross the aisle. We just want to be with people that we like, that are just like us, and I don't want to cross that aisle into somebody else's world. Oh, my goodness. They're Pepsi drinkers. That's terrible. <laughs> or they're a Cowboys fan. We're, we're, you know, cross the aisle. Well, talking about football, I don't know. Did you know there was a game on last week? Um, and how many of you watch it for the, here's another one. How many of you watch it for the game? Like, number one priority. How many of you watch it for the commercials? Okay, kind of a mixture. Some you know, might say it's like I like just getting together with some people and we're just doing it. But I'm watching the game and it's all about greatness, isn't it? It's all about who's going to be greater than the other team. Who's going to score more points? It's like, wow. And all of a sudden, a commercial comes on that really caused us all in the room to kind of stop in our tracks. Maybe you saw it. We're going to do a replay of it. And um, replay, get it? Football. Let's do it. Ask me what you know is true. Don't have to tell you. I love your precious heart. I, I was standing. You were there. Two worlds collided, and they. Never tear us apart. 
How many of you saw the commercial? Yeah. And there were, I think there was another one, I mean, again, another profound one, but this one caught me in light of the, the sermon for today and the theme for today. And if you saw the contrast, if you were aware of what those contrasts were, there was one after another. I'm not going to point them out, but there is a contrast. And I'm going to tell you what the contrast is very simply. When you are in Christ and we live in a world that is far from Christ, there's always going to be a contrast. And so we get to bring to people, and whatever that means. I always say foot washing is foot washing, yes. But I'm going to say foot washing is also this metaphor of what it means for us to love other people. And sometimes a foot washing could be just sitting there listening to somebody that maybe you don't want to listen to. Maybe you've got a hundred other things to do, but you're going to just stay there, and you're going to listen, and you're going to love, and maybe you're not even going to say a single word, but they're going to know that you want to be there. This is serving. I'd like to uh, kind of show you this um, list or this, uh, this picture. I don't know if we have those up there. All right. Um, in Philippians, if you uh, listen carefully, that was the scripture reading for today. Uh, and I'm really thinking about reading it every single week during the six weeks because I want it to sink in as deep as it can. But again, Paul just says, you know, let your attitude be that of Christ Jesus, right? And I'll just say, sometimes it starts up there, right, in our head. The next one, availability. Make the time to serve. Make it part and um, be very intentional. Say, you know, okay, Lord, um, I'm going to serve, and this is when I'm going to serve and do that and just be ready, but make yourself available. I know that my problem sometimes is I just book my day and I just don't have time and maybe I need to think about it differently. The next one is to take action, get moving. Start looking, be ready. Next one, ability. God has given us different strengths and abilities and talents and he wants us to leverage those in serving others. And I hope you know what gifts God has given you, what abilities, right? And then the last one is ambition. Ambition. And um, I find it interesting, just the way the calendar rolls, is that the last week of our serving challenge is Palm Sunday. This is when Jesus is going to walk into Jerusalem. It took a lot of ambition of Jesus to know what was ahead of him. He was going to be betrayed by a friend, arrested, beaten, put on trial, and put on a cross. It takes a lot of guts, so to speak, to say, I'm going to do this. And he walked into Jerusalem with that intentionality that he is going to serve the world by giving his life. And I believe God wants to give us the kind of guts to serve. And I want to share with you Hebrews 13. We just finished looking at Hebrews 11. But I, I love this verse, the way the writer says it. May he, which is God, Equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. So I'm going to believe on your behalf, and I hope that you join me in believing that God is going to equip you to serve like you've never served before, to be an instrument of God's Holy Spirit in the lives of people that you know or maybe haven't even met yet.
and let them experience the love of Christ in a beautiful way. Amen? Let's stand. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Darkest night, you are close.